So now we're holding in Shiras Devaira. We're holding in Perakei Pasuk Chof. And now the Shira takes on a different aspect. And now she's going to refer to the nace of how they were victorious against Sestisra. The Nafs is very little. When we learned in the previous parak the story of what actually happened to Sisra, so there the Pasuk doesn't go into too many details. All it said was in Pasuk he confused them, he, so to speak, caused disarray in their ranks, and as a result they fell. But it doesn't tell us what the story was. So here in the Shira, Dvara goes into more detail and tells us exactly how the Nes came about, how they defeated Sisra. And she says in Pasuk Chof, Min Shamaim Nilchamu. The Rakadish Baruch Hu fought from Shemaim against Sisra. In other words, it was uh, not just the Gedder and Nase, but normally a Nase happens, so to speak, in the context of the arts. Here in the world, something happens towards the Nase. Over here, by the Mulcham against Sisra, so Shemaim got involved. And how did that happen? The stars, from wherever their places were in the Milky Way, in the galaxy where the stars are, so from there they fought with Sisra. The Gemara in Psachim explains what happened was HaKadosh Baruch Hu caused the stars to radiate much more heat. And as a result of that, what happened was the soldiers who were in the iron chariot, it was, uh, it was unbearably hot, so they got out of the chariot and uh, they were standing at, then on the ground, which was on the banks of Nachal Kishon. And then what happened was Yishafayach HaKadosh Baruch Hu caused the river to flood. And that's what the next Pesach says. Nachal Kishon Gerafam. Nachal Kishon swept them away and they were drowned in the river. It's obviously something which needs explanation. And that is, if what was necessary was that they were going to get drowned by Nachal Kishon, and we saw that that was expected, that was intended. We already, we already learned the Chazal that Chodesh uh, Baruch had the debt to repay, so to speak, to the, 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 the ministering angel of the sea from the time of this week's Pasha of Kriyas Yamsuf. And uh, now this was the repayment that from Kom the Mitzrim, who Hashem then commanded the sea to bring back up to shore, so now in place that HaKadosh Baruch gives them the army of Sisra. So therefore what needed to be done was that Nachal Kishon would, would sweep them away, and that's why the Pasuk says, Nachal Kedumim Nachal Kishon. Kedumim was there from ancient times, which the Gemara explains to mean that this was already, so to speak, set up from the time of Yisrael Mitzrayim, that this would be the completion, this would be, so to speak, the sequel to the nation of, of Kriyas Yamsuf. But the question is, why do you need the stars for that? If, what, what, what part, what role did the stars need to play? In other words, if what was necessary was that the, the river would sweep them away, it could just be they were foot soldiers, or they tried to cross the river, the river overcame them. Why was it necessary to have the first part of the nace, which was that the stars would, so to speak, cause the, this heat which would uh, affect them, and that would be, so to speak, just the way to lead them to the river. Why, 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 the, why do we need to do two this and when one would have sufficed? Right, it's also interesting, we don't find, like we said before, anywhere else, that stars got involved in a, in a milchama. So what's the significance of that? What's the significance of that? So already, we said already that the miracle of the defeat of Sisra was in one way a sequel to 
Kriyasi Yamsuf. So then, there was a second element here also. And that was the miracle of the defeat of Sisra was a sequel to the Nes of Yosha. We know that when Yosha tried to fight the five kings of Canaan, so he gets the sun and the moon to stop in their tracks. And that was the tremendous Nes which Hashem did for Yosha, that the sun and the moon both stood still, uh, so to speak, for however long it took. I did not come going over until they were able to successfully defeat the five kings that they were fighting at the time. We saw that that was Yeshua's conquest of the kings of Canaan was incomplete. That was Kaisal's mistake, that was Kaisal's failing, and that is that they didn't complete the conquest against the Goyim, they allowed the pockets of Canaan to remain, and now under Yabin Melechot, so they had regrouped and come back to fight again. So it was the same Canaan which the, which hadn't yet been, so to speak, fully conquered. And therefore, the Nase here was also a sequel to the Nase of Yosha. And just like there, the Nase involves the sun and the moon, the heavenly bodies. So same thing, the Nase of the defeat of Sisra also had to involve um, something from the Minashamayim, something from Shamayim. And this, this time, instead of being the sun and the moon, this time Hashem used the stars. Now, what is the significance of that? And that especially, the Khair, then we don't know first what time it was this nice and the assumption is it happened during the day in most battles would happen and if that's the case the stars aren't that active in the day they're there but they aren't visible so why if Hashem wants us to make it hot normally the way Hashem makes things hot is with the sun now we have Abraham Avinu when the Gemara says what happened in the future that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Moetzi Chama Mirateko HaKadosh Baruch Hu makes the sun stronger and if that's the case because of the heat of the sun it's going to either cause people to leave the chariots or to do whatever Hashem wants them to do. But it's unusual that we find that Hashem makes the stars hotter, and that's going to be the reason why uh, that's going to cause an effect. So what was the what was the sorry, what was the shayish of that? An answer is maybe that's the answer, an answer, Derek Trash, like the Russian say, an answer is and that is there's a significance to that. Because we know that the sun represents Moshe Rabbeinu, Pnei Moshe Pnei Chama. We know that the moon represents Yeshua. The and therefore, the Moshe Ben himself, we find also stopped the sun on the day that he fought against Sichon or against Oig, whatever it is. Uh, we know that Yeshua stops the sun and the moon. That was uh, Yeshua's Koach, basically the Talmud of Moshe. And that was Moshe and Yeshua. And here in the Nase we have now, we don't have Moshe, we don't have Yeshua, but uh, the stars represent the Shvatim of Kal Yisrael. And therefore, the Nase here. Wouldn't, maybe didn't have the, so to speak, the symbolism of the sun and the moon, but what they did have was at least those Shvatim who had uh, combined forces, so to speak, to fight, and therefore the spiritual uh, manifestation of the source of the Shvatim was in the stars. And therefore it was Dafka, the stars, which took part here in the battle, not the sun and the moon, there wasn't a central king or leader, like they had in the time of Moshe and Yeshua, so Dafka, the stars, are the ones who fight. And uh, again, what, what the Kechavim, the, what the stars did replaced the need of Klai Yisrael to do anything. And we saw previously that it says, Moginim Yeroivaramach, the Klai Yisrael didn't need to attack, Klai Yisrael didn't need to defend, but Atim, all they had to do was charge into battle, and from then on, Akadosh Baruch Hu took over. He caused the stars, which was the, let's say, the Schusim of those Shvatim that had been willing to come forward to fight, to be the ones to destroy Sisra, and the Nachal. And that was, like we said, the, 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 the conclusion, so to speak, completing the circle of both the Nase of Yeshua and his conquest of Eretz Yisrael, which is the sun and the moon. So now to finish the job and destroy the remnants of the Knanim, Hashem uses the stars. And the second point was the Nase of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, of Chris Yamsov, which was 
which was uh, originally had uh, we learned previously the effect of creating Amsul was it instilled the fear of Klai Yisrael and the people of Knan. Like it says, or like Rachav Azayin says, when the spies came to house in Yeshua, right, so then that fear that the residents of Canaan had from the Jewish people, well, we saw that they lost that. Because they didn't destroy the ancient Canaan, they didn't destroy the nations of Canaan, so we saw the Nebuah of the Novi Hashem was, as a result, they'll no longer be afraid of you, and either they're going to regroup and they're going to fight back. And therefore, this was to complete that nice. And therefore, we have here again the Nachal, which comes to complete the Nesim Mitzrayim. That was the Nachal which, which swept them away. So that was the miraculous part of the Nesim. Now, even though the Apostle said before that Barak's, Barak's army chased them and they fell by the sword. Again, I'll read the Apostle. When he's talking there about the victory in the, in the fourth Barak, it says, Vayam Hashem Esishev Eskolarechav Eskolamachnilafiyicherev, which is Barak, by the sword. And it says Baruch chases all the chariots and the 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 machne the whole camp until Haroshes Agayim. By Yipol Kol Machne Sister Lefi Cheref, they all fell by the sword. So it's it's very clear in the pasuk beforehand that uh, the miracle happened because uh, maybe Hashem confused them or saw disarray in the ranks of Sister's army. But Lemaise, the way they were killed was they were chased by Barak and his army and they were killed by the sword. And the Mashmas over here is that they were swept by the river and they were drowned. How do we reconcile uh, the two Psukim? It seems like a Mamish Astira. Especially since, uh, like we said, Devara pointed this out before. It says that they didn't need weapons to fight Sister's army. So how do we reconcile that? Um... So the Emma says Chazal we talk about. In the in the Gemara which says that Hakadosh Baruch Hu, so to speak, had a debt to the sire of the sea, and he said, "I'll repay my debt." So there it says that Mitzrayim came with Sheshmuz Rechav Bafur with 600 chariots, which the sea lost had to give up, and Hashem replaced it with 900 chariots. It says Basisha that he had 900 chariots, and those were the that's what was given back to the sea. So that was the, replace, the repayment of the debt. But when you look at the passage before, and it talks about the size of Sisha's army. Chariots went into the sea. I don't know how many people were put to chariots, but there were 600 chariots full of soldiers, however many that would be. So now Hashem replaces that with 900 chariots of soldiers, however many that would be. So that was what was given to the sea. But if you look at the, the size of Sisha's army, so it says two things. That he brings the Ukol Richo Chama Israel Barzel and the Eskola Amashitim Kharish Sagoim on application. All the nation which was with him from that from Kharish Sagoim. So besides the chariots, there were a lot of foot soldiers also. And it seems like that was the Khiluk, that the chariots the soldiers in the chariots who the the, the stars had radiated on now left their chariots because it was too hot, were driven were swept away by the river. That was the repayment for uh, for the what Hashem took back in Mitzrayim, whereas all the footballs which came from Kharish Sagoim, so Barak chases them by the sword back to Kharish Sagoim and he kills them all on the way. So there was actually two parts to the victory. Even though in Mitzrayim, it wasn't it the only one who was. Mitzrayim, the Bosak says that that Sheshim Rechel Bachor Bachor Rechel Mitzrayim, Mishalishim Al Kulay. 
Right. And then by the Mashmah says that everybody was drowned in the sea. That's true. We saw, they all got spit, spit and the Mashmah says they all got spit out again. All the Mitzvah spit out. Right. So we, okay, the post doesn't say how many of the Mitzvah Hasayam, but the Pashtas would be that if uh, they were all meant to see that the Mitzvah hadn't survived, they all get spit out again. A little bit of a cash over here, but even if you get 900 for 600, if everybody else doesn't make it into the ocean, the river because they get. In other words, why was the replacement for 900 for 600? Enough. What about. Right. So, you have to say that there was a. that the 900 chariots was uh, sufficient for the amount of mitzvah that were killed besides for the 600 chariots because uh, we don't find that the other soldiers had to go into the river. If the way to bring them to the river was because of the heat, and the heat was because of the, the Rech of Barzal, so the first four would never have to get there. More than that, Nachal Kish is not a big river. Uh, if the Pasuk carries on and it says, uh, when it's talking about Nachal Kish, it says, Tidrachi Nafshi Ois, which the Masurus explains that the virus says it was we could walk through Nachal Kish easily. We, it wasn't like we had to wade through a raging current. I could like, step through the river, it wouldn't, wasn't a difficult thing to do. Boys with strength could walk through the river. And therefore, the fact that the nace came in the river, which was a very, let's say, placid or, or not very deep river, but suddenly have a force to sweep away so many soldiers, that was part of the nace. Anyway, so that's the. Uh, yeah. And altogether, in, in the rivers of Eretz Israel, that the size of the rivers at the time of the Nacht were much bigger than today. I mean, the other prime example is the Yarden. The Yarden today is not such a big river. But you can go there, you can see, you could probably walk through it, or easily swim through it. It's not a formidable river. Whereas you see when Klai shot across the Yarden, it needed a tremendous nest. They can't even put their feet inside, the water stood up like a mountain, everyone could walk through it. It's not, not, a, big, it's not a big deal. Today's Yarden is not so deep and not so fast, and it's not like it's a, it's a big undertaking to cross it. And what we see that obviously there was... A, Whatever, I don't know what to blame the change on, but a number of times that the rivers of Eretz Israel, of, of Israel then can be much bigger, much stronger than the, the rivers of Eretz Israel today. Okay, so that's the that's the one chart. And the Pasuk of Tidruchi Nafshi always meant, like the explains, it was easy for us to walk through it. And therefore the fact that it actually drowned so many soldiers was a tremendous nest. Um, that's one chart. There's another chart also, which depends on the next Pasuk. And it says, Az Halmu Ikvesus Midaris Taris Abira. Then the feet of the horses, the hooves of the horses, Halmu, they, they, they hit each other in the one shot. Or the Rashi says that they melted from the Midaris Taris Abira, from the pounding of the, so to speak, galloping of his horsemen. Now, what is this Pasuk referring to? So, once again, there's a two shots movie. Rashi explains the Pasuk. That basically very similar to what happened by Yamsuf. That it says that uh, when Yamsuf, when the Ritzim followed the Jewish people into the sea, so it says that Hashem took the wheels of the chariots and the horses dragged them into the sea when they couldn't pull back. So over here, Hashem did a similar thing. And that is that here the, we're talking about the horsemen, or Akhadosh Prophet did is the heat again from the stars melted the, the, the horseshoes on the horses' feet. And as a result, the horses collapsed. As Holmo Iqvesus, Rashi says that the, the hooves of the horses, the, what the, or the, the horse shoes and the hooves of the horses melted. And as a result, 
the, the horses crashed and the, the, the racing horses on top of each other all piled up and landed in the river because, again, the same thing which caused the, the soldiers to leave the chariots also, also was what brought down all the horsemen. Right. And uh, so this was a chalik of the nace as well, in which case here also, this maybe answers David's question, there wasn't just a chariot to land up in the sea, it was a horseman which also landed up in the sea, or in, at least in the river, for the same reason. The same heat, which, which so as we dealt with the soldiers in the chariots, also melted the, the shoes of the horses. Now, there's, this, there's something to learn uh, from both of these occasions. That's why Hashem, so to speak, the way he deals with the rider is through the horse. And as the Pasuk says in the Shira of the Yamosa, Sus Hashem through the horse and then the riding to the sea. Hashem deals with the horse and the rider comes along with it. Right? Because that's always the, the danger of a horse. And that is that the rider is at the mercy of what the horse does. So if the horse decides to gallop forward, the rider is going with it. Right? And therefore, that both when time, when Hashem causes the horses to run, and the Mitzrim Bal Korchum get dragged in and they can't get out of it. The positive is I want to run away, but they couldn't. The horses dragged them into the river, into the sea. The same thing over here, that, uh, that Hashem, so to speak, uses the horse as a way to bring the rider in. What is the significance of that? What is the significance of that? And not only that, the positive in Shirashirim, Hain at this point, uh, in an amazing positive, in the first book of Shirashirim, the Pasuk says, Like the horses of Paris chariots, I compared you, Hashem, to the horses of Paris chariots. The horses of uh, Paris chariots, Hashem compares us to the horses of Paris chariots. What's the, what's the connection? What's the comparison? So the Israel is like this. The Israel is like this. The idea of something that's just pulled by horses. So even if the horses are pulling the weight, but the control is by the horseman, by the rider. He's meant to be able to control the horse, and he's meant to be able to decide to, to stop the horseman, to direct the horse wherever it's going to be. When the rider loses control, and then the horse pulls the rider, so then it's, it's like a reversal of how it's meant to be. And then the rider gets dragged by his horses. It's meant to show a certain Anhogin Shemaim. And Anhogin Shemaim is that sometimes the Kodesh Baruch gives the person choice to make decisions, and then things are going to follow upon the person's decision. Right? The person has the right to have choice, and the results will come, come about as a result of the person's choice. But there's also the option that they get to the stage when HaKadosh Baruch takes the reins away from the person, so to speak, and now the person has, is going through, uh, so to speak, whatever Hashem is intended, without having any more choice. You can't do anything about it. There's a certain stage where it's no longer up to Bechira, and now HaKadosh Baruch sets a course of events in motion which the person is going to get dragged through, whether he likes it or not. And the way Hashem shows that is very figuratively, very literally, by the fact that the horse pulls the rider, you can't stop. And that's a sign for the Hanhaga of when it's not like up to you. Hashem is now taking the reins and the person can't do anything. So when Hashem decides he's punishing Mitzrayim, at, at that stage Mitzrayim wanted to go back. Mitzrayim's Bechira was, let's run away. It's the first. Why Mitzrayim? Anusa, let me run. Right? We see Hashem's fighting the so we want to run away. And they weren't given the option of running away. They're now going to get dragged into the sea, Baal Karcham. But Hashem let make the horses lead them, which means Hashem took their Bechira away. They could, even, even though they wanted to run, they couldn't. The same thing over here. And the Tahir is the Bira. The horsemen make the horses run. That's the way it's meant to be. 
at uh, a rider makes the horse run. But when the Hashem, like Sarasik, melts the feet of the horses, then the horse crashes. The rider can't do anything about it. And therefore, it's uh, the same the same thing. When Hashem wants to bring down the army of Sisra, there wasn't a choice for them to run away. It was decided Merosh. They're going to they're going to turn to the river because that's going to be the replacement for the midstream return to the sea. And therefore, the horse is going to be brought down to bring down the rider. And that's also significant to Pasuk, with the Shira we said before. Sus Verach Veram Bayam. Who cares about the horse? Because of the horse. The idea is the Rachel is Rabbi Bayam. Right? But the, the idea is how does Hashem bring the Rachel into the Yam? He brings the horse and the rider comes with. And making him lose control of the horse. Right, and then he's going to get led in. And that's that there's a concept of some, like, just, like, just like the horses in Pari's army that they led their riders, there's a, sometimes a Hanhaga that Hashem takes over the reins. Normally people have Bechir and they can decide what to do, but there are times when it's the other way around. The person's going to get led through something by Al-Karcha. Whatever the decision is, it doesn't have Bechir anymore. If that's the case, he made it, that's what he's going to just be, so to speak, whatever Hashem has decided, he has no option out. He's going to go through the process. So the Shir is saying that the there as well, which Nev Shachayim explains, and he says that the Sosi Perich is the other way around. Is that just like the normally, right, we say that, uh, we see that what's meant to be is that the rider rides the horses. But over here, what happened was the horses were broke free. They ran without the rider being able to control them. So he says exactly the opposite. It's interesting. He says the idea of Akadosh Baruch is Merkava. Hashem, we talk about Hashem's chariot. Why is it a chariot? Because it's led. A chariot moves. As opposed to the Kisayakava, which is something which a throne stays still, we're talking about movement, we're talking about a chariot. If the king is sitting still, he's sitting on his throne. If the king is sitting in movement, he's sitting in his chariot. So the idea of Merkava is HaKadosh Baruch Hu moving. And what leads that? What leads the chariot? Us, people. Israel. Right? So that we, the, so to speak, the horses who put in the chariot. Right? Now, except the way that horses put the chariot is that the chariot, the rider decides where the horses are going to go. Right? But there's sometimes where the horses run and the rider just follows. And therefore they're saying sometimes the Hanhaga, the Kaisra are going to decide the Hanhaga what Hashem is going to do. And therefore the Nefesh is exactly the opposite. That Hashem, Kaisra said to Hashem, Hashem, we're comparing you to the rider of chariots, of the Akpara's horses. Just like the rider there wasn't in control of the horses, at the same time, sometimes the Kaisra broke let's Kaisra run, so to speak, and that pulls the Hanhaga based on what Kaisra did. Okay, it's just another trap in the passing Shashirim, but the Yisrael is the same. And that is that uh, the idea is that the horse is meant to be controlled, but when the horse takes over the, takes leadership, so to speak, so then that, that changes the hog. Right. The, a similar concept, and it's also interesting, is Yaakov Avinu's description of Shimshon Agibor. Yaakov Avinu compares Shimshon to a snake, and he says, what does a snake do? Hanoishech ikvesos vayipol rachvayachar. Right. The snake wants to bring down the rider, but the snake can't reach the rider. He's on the ground. So what does he do? He bites the horse. And then the horse rears backwards and the rider falls off. Right? Which was another anaga. If you can't get to the person that's on the horse, you, find, you so to speak, bite the horse and the person will fall off the horse. Right? There was anaga like that also, and it's the same idea. And that is that uh, the the rider is meant to control his horse. When the horse gets bitten by the snakes, now the, 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 the horse is going to fall, the rider is going to fall too. And that was Shimshon's, uh, we'll get to Shimshon and the Sheriff and we'll see this. The Mahalach was against the Hanhaga. Against the Hanhaga, which is meant to be that the rider rides the horse. Shimshon found a way to go around the Hanhaga, 
which is to back the horse, and remember the rider is going to fall. Which is the same idea. When you deal with the horse, it's just a way of explaining of the, that the person on horse loses control. And therefore, different anhogas of how it's going to be that what, what's meant to be uh, a process where people have the khir or whatever it is, there's a way around that to deal with the horse, and remember the person comes with it. Right. So that, that was the imagery here, and that was the nice we spoke about. And this is independent from the nace of Barak chasing the army. Dvara doesn't relate to that in the Shira, because yes, she's thanking Hashem for the nace. And of course, it was obviously a nace also that, Dvar, that Barak, with his inferior force, was able to kill all the other soldiers. But the miraculous chayrik of the nace, was, which the Navi didn't pass for, and Dvara thanks Hashem for in the Shira, was this combination of the two nesim. Number one, the influence of the stars, which we said was a, a sequel or a completion of the nace of Yeshua. And the second part was the nace of the Nafal Kishma, which was a completion of the nace of Kriyas Yamsuf. Thank you.